Today is episode 23 of the Batman Universe podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and with us, as always, we have with us... This is Apple. This is Savannah. We are bringing you all your latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game news, and to be doing the Grey Ghost as our spotlight character, as well as a recap of everything that has happened within the Batman Universe the actual Batman universe, not us, the Batman universe, in 2008. So that's what you can look forward to towards the end of the podcast. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and go right into movie news. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Because we haven't done an episode for the last couple weeks, because of the holidays, we have a bunch of stuff to cover, but we're going to kind of do a session of what we cover, just because... Some of this stuff you might have known about for quite some time. So, let's start off with, on December 4th, Warner Brothers put out the re-release dates for The Dark Knight. And that is going to be January 23rd. Now, we know we can see this in IMAX. We still haven't heard very much word about whether or not it's going to be in wide release at conventional theaters or not. But... I'm sure we'll find more about that coming in the next couple of weeks since the 23rd is only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, so like now that it's going to get re-released, hopefully we can beat Titanic. Oh, I hope so. That uh, would be the ultimate goal for us. Batman is so much cooler than a Leo Sickle. <laughs> <laughs> now that's more like it, Mr. Wayne. All right, so that brings us on to December 6th. We found out that Heath Ledger won an award and the award that he won was the American Film Institute's Best Actor of the Year Award. So hopefully this is the first of many awards to come to Heath Ledger. He deserves it so much. I mean, for for what he did, that magical moment in movie history, he's got to win a bunch of awards. Yeah, I can't imagine that this is going to be the only one. It's all part of the plan. Also on December 6th, we had announced that at the Blu-ray release event that Chris Nolan and most of the cast was at, Ain't It Cool News got a scoop on this. Basically, Nolan was talking about the possibility of Batman 3. And I'm quoting Ain't It Cool News, and they said, if he made a third film, it would be for the continuation of the story. He is currently looking into where the story would go and if it needs to go there. He maintained that it's very hard to make a movie on this scale and specified he wasn't asking for our sympathy, drawing a laugh from the crowd. And it's two hard years. you got to love it. One of his biggest fears is getting halfway through the making of a film and realizing it's unnecessary and he doesn't want to make it anymore. If there's a third story that needs to be told, there will be a third film, but nothing is set in stone or a given. So remember that last sentence because we're going to bring that up in another new story in a little bit. You know something. Alright, so we'll skip the promos and the prices for The Dark Knight since everybody probably already has their copy of The Dark Knight. I'm sure of it by now because even if you didn't have the money to get it, I'm sure you asked for it for Christmas. If you don't own it by now, you need to run out to Best Buy and get it. <laughs> or Walmart. Yeah, somewhere. Because at this point, it's already a little cheaper than it was and I'm sure you can manage to scavenge up 15 bucks to get the, the general... You know, no special features DVD version of it. Yeah, I know. 
On December 8th, USA Today posted an article which talks about various things from the possible deleted scenes, gag reels, or outtakes, or any new information about Batman 3 when they talk to Christopher Nolan. Here's what he said about Batman 3. Nolan says he is jotting notes and doing some rough outlines for a third story, but he hasn't yet found anything he's willing to commit to film, despite eagerness to get a film underway. It was obvious when the box office was so big, $530 million domestically, we had underestimated how ready fans were to reboot the franchise, he said. The worst thing you could do now that you've gotten the plane back in the air is mess up the landing. Okay, so once again, remember that first part. He's jotting down notes and doing some rough outlines for a third story. If you think I've been bad news before... Then on December 9th, it was announced that The Dark Knight is once again back in the running for the Oscar for the score. Yes. Mm -hmm. And basically after they did a little bit of research and it was announced that it was nominated for a Grammy, they decided, it seemed like as soon as it was nominated for the Grammy, oh wait, you know, maybe it's a good idea, put it back in contention. It deserves to get an Oscar too. Yeah. Hans Zimmer hasn't gotten one since what, The Lion King? Yep. Lion King, yep. And what does he do, like four movies a year? The man never stops. He needs something. (laughs) Yes, recognize him. Okay, so on to some, I guess, good news and bad news. On December 11th, the Golden Globe nominations were announced, and for some odd reason, the only nomination that The Dark Knight got was for Heath Ledger for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture. Now, that's good news, but at the same time, The Dark Knight was not nominated for any kind of other awards, whether it be Best Motion Picture for a Drama or anything else in that regards. How do you figure that? On December 11th, it was announced that The Dark Knight broke the Blu-ray record. The previous record was held by Iron Man, which sold 500,000 copies in its first week. The Dark Knight sold 600,000 copies on the very first day. Booyah! Eat that, Iron Man fans. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And all I can uh, say to that is, duh. Yeah, so, so Wizard, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not because you don't care about us, Wizard, if you're listening, this is a reason why The Dark Knight's a better movie than Iron Man. Iron Man. Which if the you want to know anything about my spoken. feelings of that, check out the forums, thebatmanuniverse.net. Click on the forums. There's a little blurb down in movie news about why would Wizard name Iron Man best comic movie of all time. I know. I mean, are there even like 600,000 Blu-ray players? That seems physically impossible. People must have just bought like three copies or bought one even just to boost the numbers. <laughs> I would have done that. The current thought was that at the end of the first week, it was actually going to sell over one million copies of the Blu-ray. Now, I didn't hear any final words other no, than it sold 1.7 million Blu-ray copies worldwide in the first week. PlayStation 3 owners, this is why you have a PlayStation 3. That's all I <laughs> And Chris, if you're listening, this is why you don't have an Xbox. Taking up video games, are we, sir? On to some other news. Wednesday, December 17th, it was announced that Nolan is going to be honored by the ASC, which stands for the American Society of Cinematographers. And he's going to be honored with its Board of Governors Award on February 15th. 
And basically, the award is presented annually to an individual who has made significant contributions to advancing the art of filmmaking. So, besides the fact that The Dark Knight was the greatest movie in 2008, you also have to put into play that Nolan used IMAX for a lot of the big action scenes, which is going to put action movies in the future into IMAX so that we have the ability to see them on IMAX screens. Because besides animated movies, there is not a whole lot of movies that get released in IMAX. And this is going to be kind of a new front, the fact that The Dark Knight broke all these IMAX records too, just solely because there were specific scenes filmed specifically for IMAX. Very progressive. He's going to be the next Coppola or something. (laughs) He's definitely not old, so he's got many years above and beyond what he has now, and who knows what he'll put out in the future. Batman has no limits. On December 12th, it was announced that The Dark Knight is already in the running for an Oscar. It's one of the 15 final choices for the Visual Effects Oscar nominations. So these 15 will be narrowed down to three contenders on January 22nd, and then it'll be decided, obviously, from the three who's going to be the winner. Alright, so December 18th, it was announced that the Screen Actors Guild nominated Ledger for another award, and the award is for Supporting Actor. The awards are actually going to air on January 25th on TNT and TBS at 8pm Eastern Pacific Time. So take a look at that. Maybe he'll come out with that award, which once again will put him on the road to getting the Oscar. i got to get me one of those. All right. On December 18th, there was a lot of crazy rumors that were floating around. Some of them were extremely out of left field, and some of them actually kind of make sense. But here's some of the rumors that were floating around. Eddie Murphy playing the Riddler, Shia LaBeouf playing the Robin, Rachel Wise playing Catwoman, Chris Nolan not coming back. So, out of those, let's just take a quick poll of the two of you. Who says that, which ones are the crazy ones out of left field? I had Eddie so, Murphy. Yeah, I had so much trouble not laughing at that. Yeah, that's not even funny. Whoever made that up, not even funny. Yeah, uh, well, basically, the rumor originated from a London Eddie Murphy's based, blog? No, a London-based newspaper called The Sun, which is notoriously famous for coming up with fake news. It seemed like they would get some publicity for their own newspaper by putting this out. Now, keep in mind, none of this is true because Collider.com caught up with the president of Warner Brothers and decided to ask some of the questions that we all have been wondering. And this is what they said. I asked when he does think we might hear rumblings of another Dark Knight movie. He says, we've been talking to Chris Nolan, but we have to do is get him in the right place and have him tell us what he thinks the notion might be for a great story. But Chris did a great job, and we'd love to have him back and do another one. I asked if he's the type of filmmaker that they wouldn't rush and that he wouldn't have to meet a certain release date. Basically, the story is more important than the release date. He says, Yes, the story is everything, and we are respectful of Chris. We have a wonderful relationship with him, and we are going to be respectful of his timing, and we want to get it right. Also, I think the fans expect that. They want us to make a terrific movie. We have to give them another great movie. Let's do a quick round of applause for Warner Brothers finally getting a clue. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Warner Brothers, for finally realizing what us fans really want. (laughs) The story. Yes, a good story is what we want. 
Okay, now remember, a good story. All this stuff that we've been saying, it's all going to come to a point here. Riddle me this, riddle me that. All right, so basically everything that we've been talking about where we keep saying, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, this all comes down to the BD Live event that happened on December 18th. Now, this was a live community screening with Chris Nolan, mentioned this in the past, you had to have a Blu-ray disc, it had to be connected to the internet in order to participate in this, plus you had to register and a bunch of other things. But it was limited to 100,000 participants, and you were able to send in questions to Chris Nolan ahead of time, and then he answered some of those questions during the live screening. Now, Apple's going to tell us a little bit about the stuff that happened during that event, that me and him had the privilege of taking part of. Some of the questions that were asked to him, and of course we all confirmed these questions with other fans that did see BD Live. One was, of course, is he doing Batman 3? And his response was, him and Goyer had an outline, and he said him and Goyer had an outline for Batman 3. Now, we had heard those rumors before about them having Batman 3 uh, already kind of like in an outline before Heath Ledger passed away. Now, what he had said in BD Live is that if there's a story there, he'll go ahead and see. So that's what he told fans. Also, they had asked him if they would use Catwoman, and Catwoman would be in Batman 3, and Christopher Nolan had responded and said, well, that's an idea. And he basically said it like that. They also asked him what was his favorite part of The Dark Knight. And his favorite part he said was when Heath Ledger was dressed up in the nurse's outfit and he sits down and talks to Two-Face, he said that that part of the whole film was his favorite part. And he said he could not stop laughing even after it was over. After the take, he just couldn't stop laughing. So that was some of the big questions that people were wanting to ask about Batman 3 and how did he feel about Heath Ledger. And he had mentioned that Heath Ledger, I mean, he, when he was directing it, he knew it was magical as, as soon as Heath was performing. He said, that's, that's just something that it just sounds you that the guy's doing a job like that. And it came off like that. It was pretty cool that Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers worked together to go ahead and get the fans into that. And, you know, even introducing BD Live to a mass group of fans that own Blu-rays and were able to do this. I mean, that's a really nice event. Thank you, WB, for even doing that. Yeah, that's a that's a definite point to point out. Now, there are going to be some people out there that are going to say, well, Warner Brothers weren't the first to do it. Hellboy did it with Del Toro. They did the same exact thing, but it really wasn't the same exact thing because, I mean, honestly, do we really have to sit there and say what, what was a better movie for the year, Hellboy or Dark Knight? We already know the answers. So what it comes down to is... Warner Brothers released this thing for The Dark Knight, knowing that it was going to be the biggest movie, and really introducing BD Live to a larger audience. Hellboy didn't set any new records with Blu-rays. Dark Knight did. So let's just keep that in mind, the people who want to criticize the fact that, well, Hellboy did do it first. Yes, they did do it first, but I'm almost positive Warner Brothers they had the idea in their head for quite some time, because you can't just put it out, you know, a couple yeah. weeks after somebody else says they're going to do it. Your entrance was good, his was better. Alright, so there's only two more things to announce. Unfortunately, this is some sad news. Pat Hingle, the actor who played Commissioner Gordon during the Burton Shoemaker era of the Batman films, passed away on 
Saturday, January 3rd, to complications with a blood disease that he had. He was 84 years old. The last movie that he worked on was Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, which we all know was released in 2006, but he was also nominated for a Tony Award in 1958. So our hearts and prayers from everybody here at the Batman Universe go out to the family and friends of Pat Hinkle. This is Commissioner Gordon. All right, so on to some, I guess, more upbeat news. On January 5th, it was announced that the Producers Guild of America announced the nominations for the 2009 PGA Awards, PGA not being the Professional Golf Association, the Producer Guild of America. They announced the nominations for the 2009 awards, and the Dark Knight snatched up the highest nomination for a motion picture. The Daryl F. Zanuck Producer of the Year Award, which would go to Christopher Nolan, Charles Rovin, and Emma Thomas or The Dark Knight. The awards will be announced January 24th, and this, once again, is another good sign of things to come for The Dark Knight on the road to the Oscars. Yes. Yes, it is. On to TV news, only a couple things to report. As we all know, we've got The Batman, The Brave, and The Bold. We've got new episodes once again, started last Friday, and they are coming out every Friday from now on, as far as I know. And they'll probably go into March, and then the season will stop. But the news that was announced on December 18th is that Batman the Brave and the Bold is actually going to start airing on January 11th up in Canada. So if you are a Canadian listener, you can look forward to watching Batman the Brave and the Bold on Teletoon this January 11th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and new episodes will air every Sunday at that same time slot. Same bat time, same bat channel. Moving on to some more unfortunate news. On Christmas, it was announced that Eartha Kitt, Catwoman 2 from the 60s TV show, who replaced Julie Newmar, passed away at the age of 81. Her publicist, Andrew Friedman, said Kit was recently treated at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, died Thursday in Connecticut of colon cancer, Thursday, December 25th. And once again, our hearts and prayers go out to the family and friends of Eartha Kit. This is a very unfortunate month for Batman fans as far as the older actors. That was really sad to hear. I, I love this. Everybody that listens to the podcast knows I love the 60s show. And that was, it was pretty sad. Whenever I hear an actor from the 60s that, you know, played in it and passed away, I, I feel real bad. I feel real sad. But um, I want to thank them for the memories and my, our prayers go to their family. Yep. Eartha Kitt was a great performer all around, especially as Catwoman. So she had to purr. The next sound you hear will be an automatic pattern cutter with teeth of steel. It will take just 20 minutes to do the work cut out for it, to cut you into a perfect pinafore. <laughs> Alright, so that's all the TV news we have. Going right into merchandise news, we only have one thing to report. On December 15th, the new DC Direct items for March were announced, and the only Batman item to come out of those was Batman number 608 poster art by Jim Lee. And it's basically a poster 
of the cover of Batman number 608. And the solicitation for this, which I guess really wouldn't be considered a solicitation, more of a description. The Dark Knight springs to life as never before thanks to the explosive art of Jim Lee and Scott Williams. The exciting cover of Batman number 608 marked the start of a year-long best-selling Hush storyline. This Jim Lee Batman number 608 poster is a full-color poster measuring 24 inches by 36 inches. So you can check that out in March. It's going to be $8.99 U.S. dollars. That's going to go ahead and lead us into video game news, guys. What we have is an update. Now, as far as video games, everybody's going to think Xbox, PS3, Wii, PC. Well, I've got a video game surprise for you. Now, anybody that goes to iTunes or even has iTouch or an iPhone may have not known this. But if you go to the App Store on your iPhone or your iTouch, if you have the new update, which is it should be the 2.2 update, you're able to download an app. Now, there is a video game from the Dark Knight in there, and it is a Batmobile video game. It is very, very cool, guys. Now, the cost for it is 99 cents. Now, 99 cents isn't a whole lot. Now, here's the plus side of this. Just a couple of days ago, you could only play one level in this video game. 99 cents and it was so awesome the batmobile looks so cool you have the afterburner you can shoot the the guns out the front a couple of days ago they did an update to it so now if you're able to go ahead and download this application of the batmobile video game you're able to get more levels and it's really cool it takes you through gotham city you're in the batmobile and Hey, you know, we don't have a Dark Knight video game out right now, but this is really cool. The Batmobile video game is pretty nice. And for 99 cents, guys, any Batman fan, it is so worth it. So go ahead and pick it up. Well, actually download it. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Um, also, in this month's issue of OXM, which is the official, official Xbox magazine, they have a top 100 for 2009. Now, it's concerning gears, video games, and trends, okay? Now, when you open it up, if you go to number 29, the most anticipated thing that they're looking for to 2009 is Batman Arkham Asylum. And it gives you a quick rundown of the video game and tells you what they're expecting. Of course, they don't want any Joe Schumacher stuff. So, <laughs> they didn't make that, but they did listen to the fans because we are going to have the Kevin Conroy. We are going to go ahead and have Mark Hamill. So, and Paul Dini, of course, as we had mentioned before, is writing this. So, hey, out of everything that's coming out in 2009, they ranked it at 29. So, that's a good thing. Also, if you have Xbox Live, last week was released for your system, like much like the background, but we call it themes. In PS3, they call them backgrounds. In Xbox, they call them themes. They released a theme for the Dark Knight. So you're able to go ahead and download that and have every whatever you're looking through, you can always see a Dark Knight picture. So go ahead and download those guys. On Monday, December 22nd, 2008, the BatmanUniverse.net, we actually announced the new screenshots for Batman Arkham Asylum. So if you go to video game news, if you go scroll down and you can go ahead and see all the new screenshots that will be coming out for Batman Arkham Asylum. There are some very cool screenshots. Of course, there's one of Batman with that. You can see full detail of his outfit. 
so you can see how that looks and you know it, it kind of has that dark knight feel to it so man i'm looking forward to playing this video game so i know fans are too but go ahead and check that out and check out all the images that we have posted up on the website and that's it for video game news guys go with the smile all right so that's going to take us right into our spotlight character which as we mentioned earlier is the gray ghost now, the Grey Ghost is a character that was voiced by Adam West in the Batman the Animated Series. Now, it's, this character is primarily in Batman the Animated Series, but was used in some comics. But let's just go through the character history. Within the series, the Grey Ghost is a fictional hero who appears in a television show and in movies played by actor Simon Trent. When Bruce Wayne was younger, he would often watch the Grey Ghost on television and the dynamic costume vigilante would be part of the inspiration for Bruce to become one himself later in life, donning the cape and cowl of Batman. At the time that Simon Trent made his appearance, he was a washed-up and typecast actor who was unable to pay his rent and sells his memorabilia to cover the bills. He later meets Batman and finds out that all of Batman's belongings and the Batcave have been inspired by the Grey Ghost. Trent redeems his fame by helping Batman solve a case that is identical to an episode of his show. The villain turned out to be the Grey Ghost's most passionate fan and collector, who used Trent's memorabilia to blackmail the city with bomb threats. The story ends with a major home video release for the long-lost TV series using Trent's personal film collection, which likely has made him a wealthy man. The Grey Ghost franchise did not end with the re-release of the TV series in the episode of the Justice League Unlimited called Epilogue. Terry McGinnis and his family are shown leaving the theater playing Grey Ghost Strikes when the Phantasm is with his parents. Although the Phantasm does not follow through, the scene parallels the traditional origin of Batman where Bruce Wayne's parents are murdered as he and they leave the Mark of Zorro. This is actually the intention of the characters within the show. Amanda Waller hired the Phantasm to recreate Batman and Terry. These events occurred between the end of Justice League Unlimited and the beginning of Batman Beyond. One of the original costumes for the Grey Ghost hangs in the Batcave. In the Batman Beyond episode Blackout, Bruce Wayne tells Terry that the Grey Ghost is way before your time. There is no explanation for why Terry does not recall the character from the movie. He may have simply forgotten, or it might be a continuity error. Or there is the possibility that Terry does remember, as he never explicitly mentions that he doesn't know who the Grey Ghost is. He only says, I don't know what half this stuff is. Although the reference sequence from Epilogue occurs the years before Batman Beyond, the episode itself aired over six years after Blackout. Later in the same episode, Bruce Wayne dones the hat and goggles to the Grey Ghost to hide his identity from Ink, who has infiltrated the Batcave. And as far as in comic books, the Grey Ghost made a return appearance in the early issue of Batman the Gotham Adventures in the late 1990s and turned up again years later in the most recent Batman Adventures in 2004 in his story about the making of a Grey Ghost film. The Justice League Unlimited comic series also referenced the Grey Ghost in the Christmas-themed issue number 28. Superman mentions that he had also watched the show as a child, and he was terrified by it but still loved it. The Grey Ghost toys play a key role during the issue. And that is the Grey Ghost, so that should be all you need to know about the Grey Ghost. Woohoo! I love that character. love the Grey Ghost. The fact that it's... Adam West makes it pretty cool. More than familiar. It's identical. Look, it even has the Grey Ghost brand name. 
Better check it for prints. Thanks. Hey, I owed you. You got me my outfit back. All right, everybody. So on to our feature. Like I said earlier in the podcast, our feature, we're going to discuss 2008 recap. Where we're basically going to go through all the different events that happened within 2008 related to Batman. So the first thing that happened in 2008, which was very unfortunate news for all of us fans, especially after we got just a little bit of a glimpse of what Heath Ledger was able to possibly do as the Joker, just a month prior when the release of the first trailer hit, we unfortunately had to deal with the passing of Heath Ledger. Yeah, you know, what was sad was that I think fans knew it. Batman fans knew what had happened. But I think not until The Dark Knight was released that the world find out what happened. And that's what really affected everyone. I think it affected everyone when he passed away. I know. He's been in such a wide range of movies that everyone I talk to is like, yeah, that's just really sad. So he's already being missed and he will continue to be missed. Yeah, and I think especially after the release actually happened, I think a lot more people realized what his potential could have been for the future of his career and realized mm-hmm. how well he could have done in future films and really it hit harder, I think, when the release actually happened. Yeah. And you know the thing was about Heath Ledger that, that made him who he was? You know what? Even though The Dark Knight would have made all this money, he probably would have gone and done another film like someone probably would have never wanted to act in that role. He would have gone in there and acted in that role and it probably he probably wouldn't have even wanted you know, much money. He was never like that. He was never an actor like that. He was always about the story on, exactly. on the movie. And, and that's hard to see. I mean, does he, how many actors you see, how many movies you see where you find an actor that was like a Heath Ledger? Yeah, there's not very many that I can even think of off the top of my head. There's not many that I could even possibly compare to what he's done in his short time that he was doing movies. He was one of those rare actors that did some roles that people would be like, seriously, why would you do that role? And then he did other ones that, you know, were amazing movies. I mean, Knight's Tale, everyone refers to that movie as his, like, main movie because he was the lead in that movie. And then, obviously, Brokeback Mountain, and then 10 Things I Hate About You, The Patriot... Monsters Ball. I mean, the list goes on and on. He just did a wonderful job, and it's very unfortunate that it had to come to an end. All right, so the next thing that kind of happened within the year was the Batman TV series ended after five seasons. And as everyone kind of saw this coming for a while, I mean, I know that on previous podcasts when I was talking about it, I kind of mentioned the end was was near and we, we kind of saw it coming they started to run out of ideas they started to add elements of the justice league to it just to try to boost ratings to try to keep it afloat and it didn't really work i'm not going to say it was a bad tv show by any means i know i have said that in the past but after i look back it does do up the character a justification that it deserves yeah it, season five was they were rearranging deck shares on the Titanic there. It was just not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how they could run out of stories, though, to, to keep fans. I don't know, maybe it's because we've read so many comics through the years that, hey, we know how to spice it up. And, you know, maybe they don't 
I don't know. Maybe they don't care about asking comic fans what kind of story you want to hear because we got we know some pretty good stories, you know. Exactly. But, but I, I I really like and we have mentioned this in past podcasts that you know it's a show that grew on you, you know, and and I really like that. I like the introduction of a Batgirl through that series, and you know now that it's over, I'm kind of sad to have seen it gone because I think the appreciation was coming much more after it's already been gone, but. Yeah, it's like a fine wine. Once it's gone, you know, you let it age, it gets good. I don't know. I'm glad to have it to rewatch, but I'm also glad that the new ones, I think it was just downhill from there. But it does grow on you. And I did really love the animation. It was a decent show. So. Yeah. All right, so mm. on to the next event, which kind of happened over a very long period of time, but we're kind of making it fall into this place viral marketing campaign for the Dark Knight. This was an event in and of itself. I was lucky enough to participate in some of the events that actually occurred, whether they be online, whether they be over the phone, whether or not they were actually going to a location to participate in something. I participated in the event that the Joker leaves you clues. It happened the beginning of May. It was the very first event that happened the beginning of May, and it was the event that you got to see the new trailer two weeks before anybody else. So all I have to say is that was probably one of the best things that anybody could possibly came up with to market the movie, but just to do as a kind of nod to the fans. Hey, we respect the fact that the fans are the reason why these movies are successful, and we're going to do something for you. And this was really for the fans. It, nobody really benefits from this. Yes, the random people that have no idea what's why a giant mob of people are running along in a parking lot. They have no idea why that's going on. And then when they ask, you say it's for the Dark Knight, and they still have no idea what's going on. But the point is, nobody really benefits from this other than the fans. But that's the best part. The fact that Warner Brothers hired 42.8 Entertainment to do this for the fans is just beyond my wildest imagination. I could have never even thought of something like this happening ever for any. And I'm a huge movie buff besides just Batman. So this was something that just basically took it to a whole new level. It was really nice for WB to do and hire 42 Entertainment because, it, you know, in the beginning, this was this was money that they were losing, but <laughs> they would define it as an investment. And it was a total great investment for them because then you see the end result. They paid us back. They let the fans do and have this little excitement brewing it, it let us grow into it and the events it made us pay attention try to find these websites and see what was going on and that was so cool that was so cool for them to do it loved it and enjoyed it and i i hope they do it for the next film you know it, it's it's such a great thing that they did the stuff that they gave away the little things the memorabilia stuff man it was just awesome thank you I hope this becomes a bigger thing because it's a pretty amazing plan, even though it's like you said, it's just for the people that do it, that it's hard to explain it to outsiders. Like, why are you running around doing this? And what do you get for this? It's just hard to explain, but even an outsider sees people getting so excited about something and it becomes a big deal, even if you're not part of the big deal. If that makes any sense. Yeah, you want to become part of the excitement. Yeah. All right, so 
then that leads us into the next event that kind of occurred. We had the release of the very first Batman PG-13 rated movie that came out, Batman Gotham Knight. This was released at the beginning of July, a couple weeks before The Dark Knight. And basically, if you don't know what happened in this movie, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already seen it, if not own it. Six parts split up in different kinds of animation styles, just explaining basically six different segments or stories of Batman. And it basically takes place between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, where it still follows the realistic style that Christopher Nolan has. I thought this was a great movie. I'm not a big fan of Japanese animation, but I think they did a good job. I love Japanese animation, like the manga style that they put into films i like their detail i really love this i I hope this is not the first and only time for batman to be seen like this i hope i hope they explore this i hope i hope that they can do some jim lee artwork in that (laughs) style and bring out more you know some more films like this because i mean please wb don't stop don't stop love the gotham Knights. so you know hopefully we get another one i think it's probably just the beginning because anime and manga are just so popular and everybody at least likes either the art style or the storytelling and it was a good movie all right so then that brings us to the biggest thing of the year but not the last the dark knight release in theaters now the dark knight smashed every possible record imaginable and it will smash the last record possible in a couple weeks when it's re-released in theaters eating titanic but it basically smashed every record imaginable I mean, everybody and their brother, mother, sister, father went and saw this movie. And I don't know anybody who didn't go see the movie. I know lots of people went and saw it more than once. Even if you didn't like Batman, even if you don't like comic books, you weren't cool unless you saw this movie. That's how this movie (laughs) So, I mean, there's what can we say about The Dark Knight that we haven't already said in, you know, every single podcast since the release of it? Dark Knight was a great movie. Great story, great visual effects, great acting, great directing. Everything was great, and that's why, we, as we've been saying podcasts as well as other ones, it deserves Oscars, and it should be recognized for the fact that it was such a great movie. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a masterpiece of a film. You hear that, Academy? That's for you. That's right. The Batman mm-hmm. universe tells you nominate the Dark Knight. All right, so then that brings us into August, which was the release of Lego Batman. Now, what can I say about this game? I did not have very high expectations for this game, but I honestly was blown away. Now, this game, I was not expecting it to be as in-depth and as involved as it was. Yes, there was Lego people, and yes, nobody really talks during the entire thing. It reminded me a lot of Wally. But at the same time, <laughs> it was laid out perfectly. The story made perfect sense. Obviously, it was designed for younger children, but me, not the younger child, still got a complete kick out of it. I completed it 100% and had a great time doing it. I sincerely hope that Traveler's Tales decides to put out more Batman Lego games in the future because this is something that I thought was incredibly awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the, the perfect balance between a video game and almost the animated series was captured within this video game. Now, the whole thing, I loved it. And, of course, you know, completed it all the way. Loved the little story. No, There's no voices, but it was perfect. But my only gripe with this video game 
was that it did not have online co-op. That would have been so much fun to play with your friends, play with fans from the Batman Universe forums. We could have got on a game night and all of us say, okay, I want to be Batman. You can be Robin. You can be Nightwing. I'll be Batgirl, Savannah. So that would have been really fun. So here's a note for Traveler's Tales. The next Batman video game that you bring up, please have multiplayer or online co-op. Online supportability would have been great. It would have been awesome. That's all it missed. But alongside that, I mean, it was an awesome video game, guys. I mean, that's that's like something that it's a 9.0 game to us Batman fans. We loved it. It was a fun game. All right, so then that brings us into the next event that happened, which was Batman the Brave and the Bold, the new TV series and Cartoon Network here in the United States starting up in November. And this was another thing that I was not really super anxious about, kind of looked at and was like, are you serious? This is what we're doing after the, the, this gigantic event of the Dark Knight. <laughs> and I was kind of weary. I was thinking, wow, we're going back in the wrong direction. We're going back to Shoemaker times. And I think <laughs> this all stirred from the fact that the trailer that they put out during Comic-Con gave everybody the complete wrong idea of what could possibly happen with this TV show. They gave the idea that Batman was going to be campy. And unfortunately, the voice for this series really didn't help the situation by every single interview that they did leading up to the actual release of it. They were saying, oh, we're going in a lighter direction. Oh, we're going to make it so, so that you can actually laugh along with Batman. I'm sorry, I don't look at Batman and say, hey, Batman, I want to laugh with you. That's not how I portray Batman. So I did not have high expectations for this. Although, once again, I was completely blown away with what I saw. The trailer and how they portrayed Batman in the trailer was completely different than how Batman is actually portrayed. They were giving a very bad example to the way he could be portrayed, and he actually comes across as a very serious character who has supporting characters who are lighter and have more humor to them. And he's the serious guy who's just, why does this person have to be humorous all the time? Why can't they just take anything seriously? And I really enjoyed that. I like the idea that this series is actually going to give a lot of the DC Universe supporting characters more time on TV that they haven't had in the past. Now, we had Justice League Unlimited that gave plenty of airtime to plenty of the superheroes, but not specific. You just see, you know, Red Tornado flying by and be like, oh, that's Red Tornado because someone said so. But if you don't read the comics that are specific to those characters, you don't know who that is. And this series, I think, is giving a lot more airtime to these characters so that we can better understand them to get the newer fans, the fans that are little kids, more involved with the DC Universe. I think this is a perfect way to get the little generation more involved with these characters i really like this cartoon and i mean that's the main underlying what you have pointed out was these other characters these other characters a lot of dc fans themselves may not even know they might not even know the origins they might have just heard about them through justice league justice league unlimited or ins and outs oh yeah red tornado but you never really seen red tornado in action this show is able to do that it's able to to show these characters that you know are not in the spotlight but now are starting to get that airtime hopefully we can look forward to that more more and more let this grow into a fan base and have more 
DC fans come along, you know, and understand these characters. I really like this show. It's fun to watch with my family, and I'm looking forward to more of it. It's, it is a little bit more lighthearted, but it is mostly the supporting characters, and I really like Blue Beetle in this series, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> out of the first five episodes that have, been, that have come out so far, my favorite episode has been the episode with Red Tornado, the holiday one that they did. Yes. Absolutely incredible. I never even thought of Red Tornado as the character that they made him out to be. As I mean, I felt bad for Red Tornado the entire time I was watching that, and this was like, oh man, he's like Charlie Brown. I know it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new Charlie Brown Christmas special. The next event in the year was the Dark Knight release on DVD and Blu-ray. Now, once again, it smashed records and and stomped out the competition. And once again, if you don't have the movie, I don't even understand why you'd be listening to this podcast you're dead to us but that's just, but that's just yeah. me. i mean like no offense to you if you really don't have it but i mean we had a contest where you could have won it so where were you yeah so yeah i imagine if you're listening to the podcast you actually have the movie so that was that just a couple little things that happened at the very end we obviously had the passing of eartha kit christmas day and then we had the BD Live event that kind of gave us a clue that Chris Nolan, hint, he's coming back. Uh, yes. And, you know, that that's about 2008 for us. A year ago, these uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? Now, the things that we could look forward to 2009, obviously we've got more Batman the Brave and the Bold. We've got, hopefully, a lot of awards coming to the Dark Knight, which deserves. Right. We've got Batman Arkham Asylum coming out. We hopefully have... Shh, don't tell anybody. The Dark Knight video game? Huh? Yes. (laughs) And hopefully, besides that, maybe we can possibly get another animated Batman direct-to-DVD movie. That would be awesome. There's rumors floating around that they want to put out two more Batman-related direct-to-DVD PG-13 animated movies. That would be great if we could get one before the end of the year. And obviously we've got new action figures coming out. We've got new toys, new memorabilia, all kinds of stuff that we have every single year being Batman fans. Hopefully we can possibly see maybe a hint of the possible release of the Batman TV show from the 60s. Oh, yes. And that's all going to be determined, hopefully, with the Watchmen if it comes out. Yeah. (laughs) weeks maybe we'll hear something about it maybe not we'll find out but that could be interesting also it'd be interesting to find out whether or not we're gonna hear anything more about batman 3 i'm sure we will and if they announce something let's say at comic con being the biggest venue to announce something at Mm -hmm. on this scale maybe we'll hear something and maybe we can hear some possibility of some more viral stuff coming out i don't see that happening this year but what the hey? We can we can hope for it. Yep. Well, the Dark Knight stuff. Let's see. It was three years in between those movies. And it started mm, viral. A year before the movie released. Maybe sometime in early to mid 2010. Yeah. <laughs> we so can we get some, some viral We got some time to to hold off, but we got some stuff to look forward to. Obviously, 2009 isn't going to be the massive Batman year that 2008 was. 
but we have plenty of things to look forward to. So that yes, we do. That's that's a good thing. We've got a, if nothing else, the TV shows weekly. So yeah, that's going to make us very happy. He's here. Who? The Batman. That's going to about do everything here for everybody here at the podcast. Tune in in two weeks for episode 24. We'll bring you more of your Batman movie, TV, merchandise, video game news, as well as a brand new spotlight character and a feature. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us, podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net, or go ahead and do yourself a favor and register on to thebatmanuniverse.net forums. You can talk to other fans who listen to the podcast. And you guys can talk about all kinds of stuff. There's people on there every single day talking about everything you could possibly imagine about. And you can give us ideas for what you'd like to hear about in the future. Pretty soon we're going to have not a ton of news to report, so our features are going to become a little bigger than normal. So you can look forward to that. Yeah, guys, and don't forget to review us on iTunes. Go out there and, you know, tell them how you like the show. Yeah. Every little bit helps. Exactly. All right, so like I said, that's it. This is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Savannah. You've been listening to the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Later, guys. Have a nice day.